hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamperin and Phil Golfi. I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Uh, Philip Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty. The Golfi team is in the studio with us today. Uh, if you have a question for the Golfi team, you have a topic idea you would like us to pounce upon in a future program, you can send us an email. That email address is questions at robgolfi.com. Questions at robgolfi.com. They're online at robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Whether you're buying or selling, check out the website, robgolfie.com. 905-575-7700 is their phone number. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. they got a great Facebook page as well. And if you haven't done so already, head on to, uh, well, wherever you download your favorite podcast and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast. Uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we're all over the place. It's uh, You can catch up on past episodes on the podcast or go online as well at robgolfie.com or 900chml.com. A host of topics to get to today. And if we have some time towards the end of the show, I've uh, uh, printed out some awkward moments that realtors have had during house showings. Some of them are just plain weird. Others are funny. Uh, I don't think there's any scary ones, but then again, it depends on uh, who you are, if, if you're a realtor showing this home in this particular instance. But we'll get to that a little later on in the program. We'll talk about some flooding as well, but uh, a host of new things on the go, including uh, a new website. Yeah. This is we exciting. Just, yeah, we just launched a new uh, robgolfie.com. It's, it's a new platform. Our website was about... 11 or 12 years old, which is, so it's time for a refresh, which is, right? you know, it's a dinosaur in comparison to the way the web moves today and, and how fast things are before the websites, you know, were designed with tons and tons of information. Anytime you went on a website, it's, it was just ton of information. Now it's, it's people are looking for, for easy to navigate Simplicity. something that's simple, something that's understandable to, to anyone, something that's clean looking. And, uh, and that's what we really tried to go for while still having that information for, for home buyers and, or home sellers to be able to go on and, and look. And we've added a couple new pages. Um, we have a preferred vendors page. A lot of people come to us, you know, during the moving process and say, you know, do you have a mover? Do you have an electrician? Do you have a plumber? Um, you, you know, and they, they want to use our, our people or, or our sphere of, of, you know, vendors that mm-hmm. we've worked with in the past so what we've done is we created a preferred vendor page where somebody can you know whether you're selling or buying or 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 just need somebody that that somebody to recommend you can go on our website and look at our preferred vendors list and you'll find that everybody from junk removal to arborists to plumbers nice. every everything so um and we've added a couple of those new pages each agent has their own personal page now um if you're if you're you know if you've chosen our team or you're looking for a team to choose you can you can go right through every single agent's page and and get to know them personally um every agent has their own personal video and you'll get a good idea of of who they are and who they represent and and uh make sure that they're they're a good match to work with you or or whether it's you're, you're buying or selling so it's it's a whole new you know revolutionary page and site that we're super excited about we've been working on it for 
you know, over a year now. Yeah, this doesn't um, happen overnight. Yeah, right? it, it, it's been, you know, our timeline was, was to be out, I think it was uh, Christmas last year, like January 1, that was our timeline. We're like, wow. we're going to be ready for January 1. And, and, you know, the second, you know, somebody has an idea, so you add it. <laughs> yeah. You know, here's another idea, so you add it. So it's a work in progress. It's it's not one of those cookie cutter websites that, that every other agent has. Um, we, we wanted something that, that set us apart and, and provided, you know, value and gave somebody a reason to, to either mention our website or come to our website. And that's what I, I'm hoping we've done. And that's what I think we've done. So mm-hmm. it's been, uh, it's been a cool little platform. It's a cool little project that we've been working on. And it's something that, that uh, hopefully, you know, results in, you know, a better home buying and selling experience with us. And that's, you know, that was our, our end goal is, you know, bring value to the, uh, to the seller or buyer. Makes a whole lot of sense, and you can check it out at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Um, you had uh, an interesting and exciting event uh, not too long ago uh, featuring Josh Altman. Yeah, Million Dollar Listing LA, Josh Altman. He's uh, he's the man. He's a uh, ton of energy. Yeah. Exactly what you see on TV is is kind of the same energy he brought to uh, to the stage, and um, so he, it was, it was a cool little event put, put up by Mission 35 and Remax Escarpment, which is the brokerage we belong to. Mission 35 is, you know, you, you probably see their billboards as well. They're a big mortgage company, big mortgage brokerage in the area. So they, they put on this event, brought Josh, uh, Josh Altman in and, and put on a cool, you know, uh, it was really, really cool to kind of talk to him and, and see what, where his success stories are and, and what's made him, you know, widely, uh, popular and successful. And he, he, you know, he shared a couple success stories, everything from, you know, he, he works with the rich and famous and, and that's, and, and every, you know, everybody has to figure, well, you know, where do, where do these people hang out? Where do they go? And, and how do you get in contact with them? And, and he, you know, he shared a couple of his stories and which resulted in some of the biggest sales in you know, the LA area. And, you know, one, one, one story he, he mentioned was, you know, a Starbucks story, right? And he, he was you know, having a coffee at Starbucks every single day goes to Starbucks, has a coffee early in the morning. And he saw this, he saw this basketball player walk in and, and he mentioned, he goes, when you see a basketball player, you know, it's a basketball <laughs> player, right? right? They're giants they are, you know, six, eight, seven feet yeah. tall. Well they dressed. Stand, yeah. Well dressed. They stand out yeah. amongst everyone else. So what he ended up doing is, is he ended up dumping his coffee out in the garbage and, and went back in line and started talking to him hmm. within the conversation from, from ordering, from, from standing in line to ordering the coffee, he got this guy's contact information and found out that he was looking for a house. Oh, wow. In that time, you know, he he made a match, right, where he had a house that he was interested in. And two days later, he's selling this basketball player <laughs> a $24 million property. Wow. So that was his kind of, you know, his his preach is, is talk, to, talk to everybody, work your sphere. Um, and that's in any business, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're in real estate, whether you're in insurance, whether you're is, is talk to people and if people, you know, if, if somebody doesn't know what you do or, or how you do it, you know, there, there's no chance or opportunity for them to work with you. And, uh, and that was, that was one of my, you know, one of my biggest takeaways, but I wanted to share a, a funny story or a cool story. Very, it, it kind of highlighted, you know, it brought me back to when I first started real estate, I was at the gym and I was on the Stairmaster. It's a, you know, workout machine. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm, I'm on the Stairmaster and this, this, this man beside me, he's talking to me. He goes, you know, what do you do? And I'm, I'm in real estate and, you know, small talk and he's in construction and, you know, he highlights, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a commercial property right now. And we get this a lot, right? You know, everyone's, everyone's always looking. So he goes, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for a commercial property. I go, you know, what are you looking for? And keep in mind, we're, we're working, working out. out yeah, we're time. working out and I'm out of breath and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze and, and whatever. Right. So 
I uh, so I, I start talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like uh, between like two point five and three million dollars." And I'm like, "All right, like." And, and keep in mind, I don't know who this who sure. this person he's just is. Just a stranger. Just yeah. a stranger, right? And I'm like, "All right, you know, we'll we'll see where this goes, right?" So he's like, you know, he's telling me what it, he he wants something that's low maintenance, something that's done already, doesn't have doesn't need too much work, something that's turnkey investment, meaning you know he can buy it and right away there's a return on investment with with tenants and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So. He uh, so so I'm talking to him. He gives me his contact information, and and part of me thinks that this this guy, is, is a little fishy. Maybe he's he's not for real. Maybe he's just you know right. maybe he's just talking. You know, just talking. Still kind right? of feeling just, him out. Yeah. So, anyways, I get his contact information. I go home that night. I end up going through forty properties. I, I narrow my my search down to forty commercial properties, and I and I run all the numbers, and and you know I kind of dissect each one, and, and I've been I, I you know three and a half hours later, I'm I'm still working on it. So I get it down to four properties, and I send them these four. Right, I send them four properties. I go these you know these are ones that I think you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. So he fires back the next morning right away. He goes, Hey Phil, you know I'm interested in this one. It's on uh, Upper Wentworth. Right? He goes, I'm interested in this this building. It's, okay. it's $3.2 million. <laughs> he goes, okay. let's go take a look at it. I'm like, all right, I'll meet, I'll meet you there. You know, let me book a showing and I'll meet you there. At, right. You know, what's what time's good for you? So we ended up meeting there at one o'clock, right? We go through the whole building. It takes us about 45 minutes. He's in construction. So he knows, you know, he knows all about the building and structures well. Right. So we, we get outside and he goes, come sit in my truck. So I, I go in his truck. He goes, I want to put in an offer. And I'm, keep in mind, I've been in real estate. You've just met this guy. <laughs> I, I just met this guy. I've been in real estate for four months, five months. I just, I, and and, he, and I'm sitting in this guy's truck and he goes, let's put in an offer. Wow. Four months into into real estate, I'm writing an offer for $3 million on a commercial building. And that's, you know, that's one of my favorite stories. But you, you look back and you're like, you know, what happens if I wasn't on that Stairmaster? I didn't have that conversation yeah, or put never myself guy, in that right? position. And and anyways, we we ended up you know beca- getting getting a deal, a successful deal. We ended up around two point eight million dollars, wow. and uh, and that's at the time that was one of the that was the biggest deal our team has done to date. Um, and it and it it was it was it was a big deal. Since then, uh, we had a gentleman on our team, Will, who just completed a a deal for like five point eight million dollars with another commercial building. But wow. at that time, it's like I always t- love telling that success story, and it reminded me of Josh when he started, you know, telling some of his stories of of everybody overcomplicates, you know, where they're going to get a person from or somebody to work with from, and that's the hardest thing about this business is who you, who who's where's your next client coming from mm-hmm. right who are you going to work with next and his stories are 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 raw and organic everything from you know meeting somebody in a Starbucks line to you know just reaching out to 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 past clients and just saying hey you know are, are you are you interested in buying a property right. so anything from that it, it always took me back to that that stairmaster story which resulted in the biggest deal I've ever done timing's everything right <laughs> like if yeah if you were there and he wasn't there yeah. I mean, the stars really aligned yeah so it's and he's he, you know obviously to date he's he's been a great client of mine referring ton of people and you know we have a good time together but it's um one of my, you know, one of my success stories. Yeah. And, and, and so it's fun, it, it's fun to share them too. Everybody's always interested in, in the, in the deal, right? The, yeah. the deal. You even go back to Donald Trump's book, the art of the deal. Every that whole, that whole book is about him negotiating deals or, or whatever. And everybody wants to, to hear about, you know, these, these deals. It's almost like a, 
a, a high or a, you know uh, an interesting kind of yeah. conversation, right? So it's good. So does this individual still own that property? Yeah, he still owns wow. it, and and uh, he he has a goal of buying you know a couple more, and um and he's done really well on on that particular one. I think you know it's been three years now, and it's all the same tenants still. <laughs> um, it's and and. And yeah, everything. And it was so funny during that process. I was so green and so new. <laughs> I was I was acting like you know. You try to act like you know, and you try to act like you you right. you have trying to stay cool. Yeah. Behind the scenes, you peel it back. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I was say I was just say yes, man. Yeah. And just kind of taking orders and making the phone call next and saying, hey, listen, this guy just asked me for this. Yeah. How let's, do I let's get do that? It. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Well, it turned out pretty, pretty good. Incredible. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about sell and stay and uh, some uh, funny realtor stories still to come as well. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Zamprin. In studio today with Philip Golfie, sales representatives with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The only website, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Completely refreshed and excitingly new. You can go to social media at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, real estate related, of course, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. If you have a topic idea, send us an email as well. Still to come, some awkward and funny moments from realtors, and uh, we'll talk about flooding as well in a few minutes. Uh, la- I think it was last week we were talking about the reverse mortgage um, scheme or regime or plan or program or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Basically where you can take upwards of, what is it, 55%? 55%. The value and, and, of your home? And you don't you don't pay the principal until you sell, or you don't right. pay the principal at all. You, you the, the interest just compounds, right? right? So Until you die or sell. Yeah. Yeah. So sell and stay. So what's this about? So so last week we 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 kind of tore up the reverse mortgage. We said it wasn't a good idea if, mm. if you were in that position. You needed to take out a reverse mortgage, um, and and we said you know what it wasn't a good. It was a last, a last resort. resort. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's not somewhere where you should go. Right. We would we would say in the, if you were in that position you should move right. And and somebody said well you know. We got a lot of feedback from it, and people were like, "Well, what if we don't want to move, right? What if we want to stay in our house, and and you know, this is everything that we've had, and and you know, this is our only alternative because they can't, you know, they can't, they won't qualify for a refinance. The reverse mortgage puts them in a situation where the the equity of their house will be completely completely eaten up uh, with the reverse mortgage. And the next alternative would be the sell and stay. Okay. So it's it's exactly what it sounds like. You sell your house to somebody but you're staying in it. So basically you become a you become a renter. You become a renter of your own personal property. Okay. Now, what happens is first you have to find an investor who's willing to buy your house. And the next thing is you need to negotiate a lease agreement 
that's uh, uh, attractive to you, that makes sense for you. And then third, this still allows you to access that money that you were trying to access before, but now you're staying in your exact same house. Hmm. So it's it's a good way to, to be able to, now you're staying where you live, right? You, you have access to, you know, every penny of the equity that you've built up over the course of the time that you've lived there. And now you're staying in, staying in your house. Now, what the problem is, a lot of people won't be able to find somebody who would be willing to buy their, their house, right. right? And that's where we come in. It's a program that, that we offer. It's a program that we're, we're going to develop and, and, and become, you know, push it more because it's, it's something that I think would be attractive to a lot of people and, and a lot of people would benefit from mm-hmm. it. And us being able to find that particular investor to buy your house right. and, you know, allow you to stay in it. Now, keep in mind, you can, you know, the lease agreement is negotiated prior to the house being sold. So if you're not happy with what the lease is, you don't have to sell your house. Right. You'll know exactly how much you're spending per month on rent without, you know, before you sell your house. And that's, I think that's the biggest attraction to this sell and stay program. Um, like I said, who, who, who does it help? Who does it benefit? The people who can't access the equity in their house or refinance, right? Somebody who wants to stay in their house, but they don't have the income to support mm-hmm. pulling out 80% of the equity and making payments on that. And then if you think about it, the, the you know, those people are, are particularly seniors, elderly people. Sure. And once you once you sell your house or once there's a new owner, you don't have to worry about the maintenance. You don't have to worry about the property tax. You don't have to worry about the, you know, not just the outside maintenance, but the, the inside maintenance, the roof, the windows, the doors, whatever it entails in owning a property. So now it's like you're living in a condo mm-hmm. where somebody else is taking care of the yard. Somebody else is taking care of the property. Right. It's your own property because you've lived there for however, however long. It's just now somebody else is taking care of it, and you're you're paying a monthly flat rate of of a, a, a negotiated amount prior to you selling your house. Hmm. So the benefit, obviously, for the investor is once the tenants, which they would be in that in that case, either decided, hey, now I'm going to move. Uh, whether it's five or 10 or 20 years down the road, or they pass away, that investor still owns the home That's right. and can do what they want with it. They and can sell it, they, they can live in there, they yeah. can do whatever. So so there's a couple benefits for the investor. The investor gets to be able to go in there and see how that person is taking care of the property, right? They've lived there for five or 10 years or, or however long. Mm-hmm. You know, They get to go in there and see a real life look in terms of how they keep the property because they've lived there already. Secondly, the, it's an immediate return on investment. Right. Usually when an investor buys a property, particularly, you know, if they're going to buy a rental, in most cases, they have to go out and find a tenant. Right. Right. In addition, they're they're, they're going to do some leasehold or some some improvements. Right. They're going to paint. They're going to put new floors to make it attractive. This house is already attractive to that particular tenant because they're living, they're in living there. Yeah. They, they have it the exact same way they want it. They've they've done everything that they've you know, they've wanted to do because it's their house. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so the tenant can just take over the property. Now they're collecting a, a monthly rent check. That the 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 landlord's happy, the tenant's happy because there nothing's changed for them. Right. The, nothing's changed. Now they have you know three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in the bank, and they have a monthly rent of of fourteen hundred bucks. Hmm. Right. So it's it's attractive. It's it, it's extremely attractive. This happens a lot, right? And people will come to us and say, Hey, listen, I want to sell my house, but we want to stay in it. And it's making sure that you find that right investor um, to, to be able to buy that. Now, when people come to us and they say that, often there's a timeline involved, right? right? And it's like, hey, I need someone to buy my house so I can stay in it, but I need to 
I need it's to sell. happen by certain exactly. Days, right? And and sometimes <laughs> when you put that pressure on us, it's it's like you know we're 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 in the market to look for the highest amount of money possible. Right. But now we're in the market to find the highest amount of money possible. An investor that's willing to assume a tenant. Right. right? You add in those, a specific time frame. in a specific time yeah. frame in a specific area. So you add those three together. It's kind of hard. It's it's hard to manage. But if we're given enough time we can we can go out and shop to our investor pool and and find you an investor that's willing to accommodate you and help you stay in your house and i think you know this a program i see it as being a way better advantage than the the um reverse mortgage way better yeah. now the you know obviously there's cons to the program i would say negotiate a long lease right there's nothing there's nobody that that says you can't negotiate a 10-year lease Right, negotiate a ten-year lease mm-hmm. and a flat fee of of whatever. Right, you, you're for those ten to, years, yeah, you're, you're allowed years, to do right? that, and it's just a commitment to to one another. Right, it's a commitment from the from the investor through a, through a ten-year period, and it's a commitment from the from the tenant saying, "Hey, listen, I'm going to live here for ten years." And for the most part, investors get caught up in in monthly rents and and you know rates and and ROI, and, and that's what it is. But you know. When, the more and more I listen to real estate podcasts, it's way more important to find a good tenant, and it might not be for for the highest amount of money, but it's way more important to find a good tenant that's going to stay there long term yeah. than it would be to, to to maybe earn an extra fifty to one hundred bucks per month on on your unit. And with that being said, think about this: if if your unit is fifteen hundred dollars a month and it's vacant for for one month for one month alone, it takes you more than a year to earn that back, right? Right per month. Right, if you spread it over the course, of, so now if you 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 maybe you rent it out for thirteen hundred, but it's always you know it's always tenanted. You're it's a way better process. Mm-hmm. That money's program, always coming in. Yeah, than 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 waiting for your fifteen hundred. Right, that you're gonna sit on and lose money. Right, right. Now you're two or three months behind. You've lost thirty five hundred dollars. You know what I mean? It's just you get in a cycle where where you're 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 putting yourself behind the eight ball because you're greedy over an extra hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? Meanwhile, if you drop it down to 1400 or 1350, sure, it might not be where you want to be, but that property will always be tenanted. Right. And if that tenant knows what the market rents are, maybe they are 1500, but if they know that they're, you know, they got a good deal at 1350, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay there and they're going to appreciate your property. Yeah. So here's a question regarding the equity part. So say someone uh, bought a home a few years ago for $300,000. Now it's valued at half a million. Right. So they theoretically have, let's just say, $200,000. I know, I know there's a little bit more math in there. So let's just say they have $200,000 of equity. Does that come from the bank or does that come from the investor? The So the, the investor would be buying the property. Okay. Straight out, yeah, like in buying the property, so they would get that five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, right after they pay out their mortgage, right? Whatever they have left is is, is, is directly equity. in their pocket. Wow, yeah. So so you're 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 selling your house to an investor who's going to allow you to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah, wow. So it's, Mike- it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to happen more and more, and I think the program's going to become more and more popular just due to the you know our current economy, yeah. right? Due to the fact that of you know people living longer, people going into retirement with with higher debts and and that's it's going to be a result of of you know one of those three scenarios mm-hmm. a refinance a, a, a reverse mortgage or you know what i call a sell and stay program sell and stay. it's pretty catchy uh and regarding the lease agreement so say you do a 10 year lease agreement should there be a kind of first right of refusal clause in there for the tenant to say to buy the house back well no well that too but uh you know Coming up in the last year, the ten-year deal. Let's say yeah. the uh, tenant can renew for five more years or ten, or whatever the case. Yeah, is. tenant option. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and definitely, and and make sure that the lease is structured to support you. 
um, and, and protect you throughout the throughout the thing. And that's the most important thing about this whole this whole you know sell and stay program is negotiating the lease because you want something that's not going to increase in um, in a lease payment. You want something that's going to stay flat and consistent right. throughout the entire entire lease because you know you're going to be on a fixed income, right? Most of the time, somebody who mm-hmm. who's entering this program will have a fixed income, and and you want it to to remain the same that it's not going to eventually push you out of the out of the house. You want to be able to protect yourself. Yeah. Now the norm today, well, people will say, well, I didn't know you can negotiate ten year leases or five year leases. Now it's not attractive to the landlord, right? But you have to keep in mind this land the 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 ten the the seller has the leverage over the negotiation because they're the one with the property. Yeah. They don't have to sell it, yeah. right? So it's kind of saying, hey, listen, I'll sell you this house, but give me a ten year lease at fourteen or fifteen hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and and it's done. Right. Right. With the, from the with landlord's the tenant perspective, option plus another. Yeah. Yeah. From the landlord's perspective, they're getting this amount of money every month for 10 years. That's right. right? So, I mean, yeah. there's, there's some, there's, it's a win-win. Yeah, it is a win-win. It's, it's attractive to everyone. And, and now that that person has access to, you know, their money, they can travel, they yeah. can do whatever they can, you know, it, it's a, a security blanket and now they don't have to maintain the property. Right, which which they're, whether they're cutting the lawn, especially or, in the winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. do you expect this to catch like wildfire? I I think so. I think it's going to be a. I think it's people just need to become educated on on right. the possibilities and, and knowing that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. It, it's it's an option that that we we're going to start presenting to people because, like I said before, we have people that want it. We have people that, that when we go there and they say, Hey, listen, I would stay here if, if you can find somebody to buy it. In some instances we can't, but, but once we start to develop a pool of investors that are looking for these type of deals, yeah. it makes it attractive to, to both parties. What does it take a special kind of investor or a certain kind of investor to look at this option? I think any, any real estate investor would, it would be a good, a good plan or a good idea, right? Like I said before, you, you you have an immediate return on investment. You have to do absolutely no improvements. You get to vet and see your your future tenant mm-hmm. in their own property and how they live, right? If if it's in good condition and everything's maintained, well, it's going to be an attractive tenant for you or an attractive property for you to buy. Right. Obviously, the long term plan is to eventually, you know, it's a, it's an investment. Yep. So whether it's you can to either sell, sell it or re rent or, it. Or, or re-rent it, or or when the you know when the tenant moves out, maybe renovate and sell. So yeah. it t- turns into a buy, hold, flip, and sell, right? Right. And it's an opportunity. Yeah, it, it's attractive. I mean, every situation would be different, right? Sometimes you know people might have these massive you know ten acre properties, and you know they want to stay, and right where a tenant might or uh, an investor might come and say, you know what, I'm not I'm not really interested in buying mm-hmm. ten acres. It's a right? little too big, right? Yeah. It's, so you, you're going to get some of these specific properties where where you know some an investor would look at it and say you know what it's not the type of property I want to invest in but you know eventually we'll find someone that that is attracted mm. to that property and attracted to that deal. Very interesting stuff. Call the Golfie team if you're interested in uh, tapping into the sell and stay option. 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Robgolfie.com, the all-new Robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. We have a few minutes to switch gears here and talk about expropriation fights. Why it's hard to win expropriation fights. I believe this was an article in uh, the Toronto Sun that basically talks about expropriation fights. Uh, in a nutshell, what is it? Yeah, so what an expro- uh, expropriation is, is when the city comes and expropriates your property, meaning that they basically force you into a sale, mm-hmm. right? Now, that sale, and somebody's going to always say, well, you know, what's the price, right? They're very good at, at 
in terms of giving you market value or above market value. But where the fight comes in is is when somebody doesn't want to want to move or leave, right? right? And this is you know this is something that's happened in Hamilton right now. It's happening right now. It's happened already, and it's going to continue to happen, especially with the the LRT, right? Right. And you can you can drive down downtown Hamilton. You'll see a ton of properties boarded up um, that look vacant, that look you know don't look habitable, mm-hmm. and that's due to them being expropriated. And, um, for the LRT and, and the LRT coming in, and, right. and it's because uh, there's going to be stations there. That's right. The track, the whole yeah. Thing. yeah. So they're going to they're and it's something that's that happens everywhere. So why is it hard to win these? Is it because from a homeowner's perspective, is it because I mean you don't want to live right uh, along the LRT line in yeah. Hamilton's case, right? Yeah. Although like, maybe some people do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean you're going up against the city, right? So it's it's. It's property law. It goes yeah. back to, you know, I want to say 1800s where, you know, the crown has any right and, you know, opportunity right. to come expropriate property. So your hands property. are pretty tight. Yeah. And it's it's basically what you've technically have, have agreed to when you when you buy a home or home ownership in a certain municipality, city, region is you've you've agreed to it through, you know, it's it's people have already agreed to it. Right when right. they own their property, and and we've seen this happen. Whether it's you know widening roads, traffic lights, um, you know certain areas, there's there's one in Beamsville that just happened that you know I want to say five to eight years ago, and they needed to put a roundabout in, right? So they they went to this person's property and you know Said you got to go, yeah, and, and they give them ample time. Like there's enough time involved that that it's not like hey, listen, two weeks, <laughs> you gotta you're move out. tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's it's a good. I mean, you you hear about it, but. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, we got to go. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about flooding here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Our house is a very, very, very fine house with two cats in the yard. Life used to be so hard. Now everything is easy because of you. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Philip Golfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfi team. You can find them online. It's an all-new website, robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Use the handle at Rob Golfi. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Podcasts, past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea you would like us to discuss on a future show, you can send us an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, some funny realtor stories, but we'll talk about a couple selling a home should have disclosed flooding. And in this case, the homeowners did not disclose some basement flooding uh, that cost the buyers $25,000 to fix the problem. Is this a common occurrence? Yeah, it is common. Um, and, and some people, you know, the word disclose is, is, well, you know, we used to have flooding, but then we fixed it. Well, do you still have to disclose it? I would say yes. I would I would recommend for you to disclose it because that problem was there. And, and you know, there's nothing to hide. It's It's been completely fixed and probably has a warranty to it and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anything that's on the edge or anything that you're questioning, I would disclose it just because it saves you, right? right yeah. it, 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 it 
it saves you from it blowing up in your face after. Look at Austin Matthews, right? <laughs> Did <laughs> we have to judge this up? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll connect real estate to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, their biggest problem was that they didn't know about it, right? Right. So if he disclosed what happened in Scottsdale a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. you know, it would allow them to come out and, and, and make a plan and, and get ahead and, of it, right? and get ahead of it. And it's the same thing that goes in real estate with your house. It, get ahead of the problem because you know this this can result in significant lawsuits that more often than not the the homeowner will lose yeah right and, and here's the the point in terms of whether uh, you're going to disclose something or not is the amount of money that you might lose with a potential sale right. is going to be far less than a lawsuit yeah right? and it's it's being a little bit um you know short minded um it's 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 you know, thinking about the now and, and, and just kind of wanting to get the sale and get it over with and right. done with. But that cloud's going to follow you, yeah. right? And and w- we, we see it happen a lot and, and a lot of people will say, well, hey, listen, you know, we have this problem with our house. Do we need to disclose it? And it's, yes, every single time you, you, you often do it. And there's some situations where even if you, if you, you know, it might not result in having to disclose it, but it's always, you know, a good practice to make sure that you do highlight it. Um, whether it's in the in the in the listing or whether it's to the purchasing realtors or or whatever, um, it, it, it's a good idea to to do it. I want to ask about timeline. Is there a timeline? Say you you have a house for sale. You had a leaky basement at one point. You got it fixed. Yeah. Um, but you did not disclose it to uh, the, uh, the 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 buyer. Right. Is there a timeline in which if that basement floods again, uh, can the buyer go back to the seller to say, hey? Like you didn't tell me about this. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, right? Every situation is different, and it's, and it's all judgment. Like, mm-hmm. there's some situations where you know we'll hear from from a house two years ago and say, "Hey, listen, you know the the basement was was whatever. Did you know about this? Right, right." And it's been two or three years, and and we're put in a position to say, "Hey, you know, no, we didn't." Right, and and it's typical home maintenance, right? It doesn't, as soon as somebody purchases a home and that closing date happens, they're fully responsible for that home on that closing date. Anything, you know, they've had the opportunity to do their due diligence, whether it's through a home inspection or a walkthrough to figure out if there's anything wrong with the home, if there's any problems that are going to come up. And you try your best to do that due diligence to make sure that you're put in a good position moving forward where you don't have these substantial costs once you own the house. Now, in situations where it's they're overlooked by a home inspector, overlooked by a real estate agent, or overlooked in, in, in just because, just because you've missed them. Mm-hmm. It's, or you can't see them. It, or you can't see them. That's, you know, it can go back to the, the, the seller and say, well, you know, did you know about this? And sometimes you can tell that they knew about it because they've done a patch job, right? right? You know, the rest of the basement is normal, but in this corner, it looks like it's been patched up a couple times. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to raise questions and say, well, you know, were they were they truthful in their disclosures? Was I put into a house that, that somebody really knew what was going on or there was something wrong here and, and they didn't tell me? And that's what starts to, to you know, and then you start to talk to the neighbors and say, well, yeah, they dug up the, you know, the, the, you know they had a ton of problems there and that's the reason why they moved. Right. And once you start to get into that, it results in, in what you would expect is a, is a lawsuit and, and getting the lawyers involved. we got about a minute. Is the leaky basement disclosure or non-disclosure the most popular item that people will disclose yes. or not? Yeah, yeah. The leaky basement is, is massive. And, and, and I would say there's a lot of basements that are leaky, right? We live in a situation or we live in an environment, a demographic where there's a ton of stone foundations that are ho- that are that are old. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid of a, a of of some moisture in your basement. Is there a reason not to buy a house? No, it's just the reality of the situation, the reality of of the style of house you're buying. You can't right. walk into a 60, 70, 80, 90 year old house and expect that 
you know, it's going to be perfectly yeah. drywalled with pot lights. <laughs> but it can, <laughs> you know I mean? it can be remedied, right? It, and, and most definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got to win. When we come back, we'll talk about some uh, awkward moments that realtors have had during house showings. That's coming up next here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Homeward bound. I wish I was homeward Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them on the all new robgolfie.com. <laughs> That's Rob, G O L F I.com. 905 575 7700. That phone number again is 905 575 7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like the Rob Golfie Facebook page and download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Email the Golfie team with questions or topic ideas that email address is questions at robgolfie.com questions at robgolfie.com awkward moments realtors have had during house showings i'm sure phil you've been in this situation a couple a couple yeah nothing too crazy nothing nothing that that kind of sparks anything like out of the ordinary okay. but there, there's definitely awkward moments for sure so maybe not as crazy as these and most of these are in the u.s not not to say that it's more awkward down there but these are some uh, pretty funny stories uh sellers wear their birthday suits so this realtor by the name of carlos gomez says one time i was showing a house the listing agent said to go directly there so he rang the doorbell knocked on the door no one answered so he proceeded to use the lockbox and walked in with a buyer we went to uh, throughout the entire first floor, then proceeded to the basement. As we're going to the second floor to see the bedrooms, a naked man walks by in the hallway. I tell him that we're showing the house. He starts making his way down the stairs and tells us that nobody told him that we were coming to see the house today. So that would certainly be awkward, seeing a naked individual while you're showing the house. Oh, yeah, all the time. It, it, it's you, you never know. I always double-check, you know, you, you knock... Ring the doorbell, knock twice, open Make the sure door, somebody hears say hello. You. <laughs> yeah, always. Another real estate agent says, uh, when the listing broker invited my client and myself into an open house and showed us around the apartment, when we got to the master bedroom, the seller and his girlfriend were in bed, awake, <laughs> reading the paper, no clothes on. Incredible <laughs> Certainly, stuff. Certainly. Uh, what do you yeah. say in that instance? You just, you, you try to, you know, it's, oh, sorry for bothering. Yeah, <laughs> right? we'll be back. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you in a few minutes. Feathered friends and felines. I sat at an open house, recalls realtor Frank Isoldi, and when I walked in the family room, the bird would whistle and cat call at me. He adds, we once let a cat in a house during a broker's open house, only to find out the cat didn't live there. Incredible. <laughs> we had a, we, we've had a situation with a couple pets where, you know, cats will hang out the door and and uh and i'll get a call after and they'll say hey does the homeowner have a cat because there's a cat there's a cat in the house right now i don't know what to do with it or or there's situations where you know it's do not let the cat out right and you advise your sellers and you give them the instructions you know that this house has a cat let's Mm -hmm. make sure we don't we don't let the cat out then all of a sudden you know you know somebody just forgets to shut the door quickly and now there you're chasing you're chasing the cat down the street oh geez and uh to, to, to get it back in the house <laughs> Lindsay tomlinson of remax down in the state says i was doing an open house and my clients had warned me that their cat had a flatulence problem sure enough every time someone came in the cat would stand by me and let out the most horrible fart 
Everyone was looking at me with disgust. They totally thought it was me, and I think blaming the cat only made them more suspicious. That's right. <laughs> Cats are just Blame bad, the eh? cat or, or dog. From cats to dogs, now that you mention it, no dogs allowed. I had an open house in my building, and a neighbor who was not looking to move told me her dog wanted to see the apartment, so she brought him. She walked him through the apartment while I stood there stunned and unable to speak. So hopefully the dog thought the place was okay. This one is about potty time. Agents have told us again and again that buyers will use the bathroom during a showing. I'm sure you've yes. you, you've come across this. If you've already moved out, it might be for the best to leave the water on for a while since buyers might want to test the plumbing or shower pressure. Right. So this one realtor says, I was hosting a busy open house and the home was vacant, which meant the utilities had been turned off, including the water. About halfway through the open house, I hear a mother shriek from the hall bathroom. She had allowed her son to use the restroom and this five-year-old went number two in a non-working toilet. The mother was mortified and they ran off quickly as they could. Thankfully, the neighbors had a bucket on the side of the house, which I filled with water and used to fill the tank on the toilet. It flushed just fine and all was well. Wow. Wow. Make fun of the neighbors. So most realtors wouldn't recommend mocking the seller's neighbors when trying to promote a listing. But Mary Shelsby of Remax down in Pittsburgh, New York, went ahead with her for sale sign, which said, quiet neighbors across the street. The house was across from a graveyard. (laughs) Of course they're quiet, right? That's pretty good. Uh, There's a study from Baylor University's Keller Center back in 2008 that said customers are more likely to to want to work with a real estate professional with a good sense of humor. Yes. That's true. I agree. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's as much as it's a serious purchase. I think that if you if you keep it light and keep it fun and keep it you know yeah. new and exciting, it makes the whole process a lot better. I, can I see think that. I think the second you 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 start to talk in legalese and 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 it puts you know it puts a lot of pressure and almost a sense of uncomfortableness amongst the buyers. Right. And plus, they, you know, these people have seen HGTV before. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like true. it's all fun and exciting and you know what I mean? Yeah. And they want that experience and, and that's what it's about, right? Totally. Uh, watch what you eat. A house that smells like cookies could be a good selling point, except when the buyers eat all the cookies. When Marilyn Bernie was selling her home, she left the house uh, for a bit so a realtor can do a showing. When she returned, all that was left of the cookies she had cooling for her family were crumbs. On a similar note, <laughs> this realtor recalls, during our office preview of a listing, we were excited that the owner left out an entire spread of food for us. As I was walking out of the house with a bunch of grapes, the seller popped up or pulled up and asked what we were doing. Uh, she was hosting a bridge group and we had eaten all their food. My manager sent food to the house as soon as we got back That's to the incredible. office. That's incredible. Wow. And some people do that, right? You, you'll, you'll go through a house and there'll be cookies for the, you know, for the people walking through yeah. the house. And it, it would be easy to assume that those cookies were for them or whatever was for them, for sure. <laughs> I think we have time for one more. This realtor in Fort Worth, Texas isn't normally jumpy, but when a grasshopper crawled up her pants, she tells Realtor Magazine that she started screaming and jumping around like a crazy person. Unfortunately, she was in the middle of showing a house. And all she can think of was, quote, I have to get these pants off. Am I really going to take my pants <laughs> off with these clients here? So she made a mad dash for the master bedroom closet, ripped off her pants, out jumped the grasshopper. Her clients had a good chuckle and even released the poor grasshopper back outside so he could go uh, uh, continue his house hunting. So we got a couple more. We'll save it for another show. Uh, Phil, thanks for coming in. And uh, be sure to join us next week, Saturday at 9, for the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God. The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. 
your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.